Hallelujah. So last week, I, I was delighted to know that Vicky um, preached a great message in this place. I was listening to the message myself, a message titled Planted. And, and we learned that it is very important to be planted in the house of God. And planted means that you are rooted in the house of the Lord. And one of the things that God wants to see happen in our lives is that we will flourish. That you and I will prosper. That you and I will be successful in life. That you and I will be established in life. That you and I will do well in life. And one of the things that he wants us to do in order to be, to be flourishing in life is what? To be planted in the house of the Lord. When your roots go deep down in the house of the Lord, he says, you will flourish in the courts of our God. So I pray that you will you'll be planted in God's house and that you will flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to speak on a message that is in line with that. And I want to speak on what I've titled, not just another meeting. Kindly turn to your neighbor and tell the person, not just another meeting. Turn to another person and tell the person, not just another meeting. Hallelujah. Now, when we come to what we call church, and usually when you are moving from your house on Sunday and someone asks you, where are you going? You tell the person, I am going to church. I mean, church is bigger than our meeting. But usually what we call church, I am going to church, it's not just another meeting. It's not just another social gathering. It's not just another religious activity that you put on your calendar and then you take. Oh, we have done another Sunday service, two hours. It's, it's, it's good. We have covered for the week. No, it is not just another meeting. It is actually a family meeting between us and God. Where God is our father and we, our children, have come together to meet with our father. As a matter of fact, for every single week when you come for church services, it is God calling for a meeting with his children and saying that, hey, my children, I want to have a meeting with you. And I don't know how many of you have been in a family where you used to have family meetings, where your father will call for a family meeting, or your uncle will call for a family meeting, or your mother will call for a family meeting. But the family meeting has a very important element. For us, in this family meeting in the house of God, it is so that we can develop intimacy with our father. So we can build closeness with our father. And then so that we can also learn more about the will of our father. I remember that growing up, when our father calls for a meeting, usually it is to tell us something that he doesn't like or something that he likes or something that he wants us to do. He, and that is actually what? His will. So he calls us together and it's because he wants to tell us something that is happening. And sometimes it wasn't just to tell us something, but it was just so that we will bond. And I remember my mom would be the one to, to what do you call it, initiate that meeting so that we can, we can just be together as a family to pray together, to, to, I mean, share together. And it is so that what we bond. Now, God's desire is that as a family, we will come together and bond, have intimacy with him, and learn about his will. And this is what we call corporate worship. Because in your individual life, you have your personal worship. 
where you, you wake up in the morning, you spend time with God alone. I mean, you read your Bible. When you're going to work, you keep God conscious in your mind. When someone insults you and you want to insult, like you remember that God is there. And so you're about to say the word and then like, oh God, I thank you. I will not say this word. I mean, this is your personal worship. But we also have what we call corporate worship. And that is our family meeting. So I want us to turn to a very important passage in scripture that will help us to understand the nature of this meeting that we have with God. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 to 11. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 to 11. The Bible says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Hallelujah. And this is a very interesting um, passage, and a, a little background will help us. So Adam and Eve were the first human beings that were created. And they were living beautifully in the garden called Eden. And, and in that garden, there were a lot of beautiful things. If I went and read Genesis chapter 2, you see how exciting that garden was. And, and I did a little research on the garden. Very, very amazing place. But then, Adam and Eve sinned against God. They did something that God did not want them to do, and they disobeyed him. And so after disobeying the instructions of God, we come to verse 8, where we read this passage. And I know some of you have been reading the passage and wondering, is there any church service going on here? Yes, the, the scripture has not written about church service, but when you stare very closely at the passage, you realize that there was a meeting between God and the first human beings. Now, Let's look, at, let's look at three important things that we can see in this passage that draws our minds to it. The first one is that we see that God had come down to meet with humans. God had come down to meet with human beings. So the Bible says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So God himself had come down to what? Have a meeting with Adam and Eve. Now, when you look at this very world and you study the whole of scripture, when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land, God instructed Moses to have meetings with him. Now, beyond that, when Solomon was about to build the temple and, and they dedicated the temple, God gave instructions about meeting in the temple. When Jesus Christ came, and he was about leaving the earth. He gave the disciples instructions to go to the upper room and what? Wait on him. And that was where the church was birthed out. So you can see that God has always initiated meetings between himself and human beings. Between himself and people. And in this passage, we see that God had come down in the garden to have a meeting between himself and the first human beings. And look at something. It is, the meeting is initiated by God, so God chooses the terms of the meeting, not us. Have you realized that we want to come to church, but quite a number of times we want to come to church on our own terms. Oh, I want to come to church the way I want. I want to come to church two weeks 
and then the next two weeks I don't come. I only come to church one week and then three weeks I don't come. God initiated the meeting and so what? He chooses the term of the meeting. The second thing that we can see in this passage is that this meeting had been going on for some time. Do you know why I know? Let's look at the, the Bible says that and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Then look at what God said. God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, when you read a passage and you see God calling to Adam and saying, where are you? It's not because God does not know where Adam is. We know God is omni, omniscient. He knows everything. You can't hide from him. In fact, Psalm 139, the psalmist says that if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I ascend to the wings of the heavens, you are there. Wherever I find myself, you are there. So for those of you who have been doing some things and you think that God is not looking at you because it is dark, God can. In fact, that same psalm, he says the darkness and the light, they are the same before you. So what we see as darkness is actually light before God. Now, so God can see everything. God knows everything. God knows everything that's happening. So when God asked Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God did not know where he was. It's only because Adam... You are supposed to be in this place at this time. Where are you? Now, if I ask the question, if I'm in the house with Aram and I say, Aram, where are you? I'm expecting that Aram will be present with me where I am. But if she's not in the space that I expect, I ask the question, what? Where are you? And it's not because I don't know she's around. It's only because she's not present at the place. So when you read this passage, you realize that they had a way they were meeting and at this time that God came, they were hiding. They were not at the place of the meeting. The third thing that we see is that these first human beings, Adam and Eve, they knew the nature of the meeting. It wasn't a meeting that just happened by chance. It looked like it was a very well-organized meeting. Because when you read the passage very well, Adam and Eve were there before God came. So they knew that there was a meeting. They knew that there was a gathering. And so I want us to look at four important things about the nature of our meeting with God. Whenever we come together in meeting with God. And this is what, this is what I call the protocols of meeting with God. When we are coming to church. What are the things that God is looking out for? Even as we study what happened in the garden. The very first thing we see is that there was a set place. There was a set place for the meeting. The Bible says they met in the garden. Now, some of us will see the garden and then you see the word garden and you look at a place where there are plants. There are flowers and then there are plants and all that. But, but, but when you look at the Hebrew word for garden, the Hebrew word for garden actually means a fence place. So it, it wasn't just a place with plants and flowers and, and, and all forms of beautiful things. It was a demarcated place. So it means that when God was coming to them in the garden, it was a particularly defined place, which we call what? A set place. So in our meeting with God, God has a set place for us. Now, when you come to know God, when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are saved, you are born into God's bigger family, which is called the universal church. So one day when we meet in heaven, there won't be any GTP, there won't be any ICGC, there won't be any Catholic, there won't be any Methodist. We are all one. But when you come to know the Lord, God's desire is that you will be planted in a local church. 
And in that local church, there's a designated space for meeting. It's called a what? A set place. So for us at GTP Kavod Assembly, this is our set place. So on Sunday morning, from 9 o'clock to 11, do you know where God will be looking for you at? When God went to the garden, he was looking for Adam and Eve in the set place where they were supposed to be. So as long as you have committed yourself to this local church and you say, I belong to GTP Kavod Assembly, on, on, on a Sunday morning from 9 o'clock to 11, the only place God will be looking for you at is in the set place. This is your garden. This is your place. This is your territory. And you know what? I love something because the Bible says that he met them in the garden of Eden. And Eden actually means, it, it, it talks about something that is prosperous, flourishing. When you read about Eden, it was a land full of gold, a land where when, whatever you planted, was, it would just blossom, it would just grow. And God was meeting with them there. And it makes reference to Psalm 92, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Because when you find yourself in that set place, in that demarcated place, you are in the place of fruitfulness, in the place where God says, I command my blessing. So, beloved, anytime you feel like sleeping, or anytime you feel like staying at home, or anytime you feel like I'm not coming to church, and it's not because possibly your like for instance, your work schedule, your work shift, maybe you're a nurse or something, your work shift takes you in the morning, and because you have to go and attend to other lives, but it's just because you want to be home. Remember that from nine to eleven, God is not looking for you at any place than where, in the set place, in the set place, in the designated place. In our time, it's not God who chooses the set place necessarily, but the people that God has placed over us. And that is why even as pastors, we have to always be sensitive to know where God wants us to use as the set place. Because when we follow the will of God, that becomes the established place for his people. Now, the second thing that we see is that there was a set time. There was a set time. So the Bible says that God came to them in the world, in the cool of the day. Not any other time, but what? The cool of the day. And when you read the passage very well, you, you realize that Adam and Eve knew the cool of the day and they were ready before God came. You know the thing I love about Adam and Eve? Even though they are sinned against God, they still knew how to meet God. No, they still knew where to meet God and at what time to meet God. So the Bible says that they met in the cool of the day. The cool of the day, um, according to theology, is actually... The, the time after sunset, where there's a cool breeze. So God met them at that time in the evening. Now, when we come to corporate worship and our meeting with God, there is a set time. There's a time that God honors that this is the time you have all agreed to come and meet. So this is the time I'm actually meeting you. It is like an appointment with God and it's an appointment at a particular what time. And that is why when you are coming to church, you've got to honor the time for coming to church. Because you are not meeting just anyone. You are meeting God. And you know what? Because you say we are meeting at 9 o'clock, God is here at 9. And you can you imagine? God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, is already seated and you are now on your way coming. It's like I'm going to meet President Kufo or a good father or 
maybe some the ambassador for what the US or someone. Have you realized that when people are going to meet such dignitaries, they get there before? No, no. Can, can you preach with me? They get there before. Why do they get there before the time? Because one, they want to give due recognition to the person. They want to give reverence to the person. They want to give respect to the person. They want to honor the person and say that this person has a high status. So I'm giving respect to the person. But secondly, they also know that if I get there in time, I put myself in the good books of the person. Because the person knows that once I'm honoring him, then, then I place myself in a place of favor so that what I am expecting and desiring from the person, I can actually receive it. So when we are coming to church, remember that what it is, there's a set time. And you are coming to meet God, not Pastor Yima. And so when you keep this thought in your mind, you say, God, I can't let God come and wait for me. Oh, some people do not get that one. I can't let God come and what? Today, I didn't come and preach the message that will make you excited. And I said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Today, I came in my very cool self. I said, what? I can't come and let God wait for me. Please ask your neighbor, is God, has God been waiting for you? Please turn to another neighbor and ask the person, has God been waiting for you? And, and you, you, know, you know the interesting thing? Sometimes, and I remember very well, like at the headquarters, that one, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the pastor at the front. So because of my role, sometimes I, I would be outside and then I would see people coming to church. They are late, oh, they are late. They are late for church. But this is how they are coming to church. They are late. They are coming to meet their heavenly father. I mean, the king of kings and the lord of lords. And the person is on phone and he's laughing. Quack, quack, quack. And then you chuck at the other side just before the church. It's like, finish all the call and then now come into the church. Can you imagine? You are coming to meet your father. I mean, I can't imagine my father in our days. Maybe this generation, they might not understand. But in our days, your father has called for a meeting. And then you are somewhere and your father is seated and waiting. Hey, God, you will receive it. <laughs> No, no, no. They were teaching us the value of honor. No, our father will not be seated before we get for the meeting. You have to be ready before he comes for that meeting. How many of you, are, do I have some witnesses here? Yeah. The reason why our parents were doing that was because they wanted to teach us the value of honor for the one that is above you. So when we are coming to church, we've got to keep it in mind that, look, I'm not coming for another meeting. I'm not coming for another social gathering. I'm coming to meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's bigger than any dignitary in life. I'm coming to meet my Heavenly Father, the one who birthed me. And so because I'm coming to meet him, I'm going to put in everything to make sure that I get there before he comes. Am I preaching to someone? I get there before he comes. You see, that's why I like Adam. Adam has sinned against God, but he said, Charlie, this protocol there, I can't forget it. I have to be there before God walks into the garden. So today, are you here before the set time? It's not enough to be in the set place. It's not enough to come to church. It's not enough to say, Sunday, I also came. No, no, no. You have to realize that God wants us to honor him. Do you know why, and God only next week I'm going to preach a very interesting message, but do you know why in the church of today we are not experiencing the glory of God? 
We're not experiencing the presence of God. We're not experiencing the power of God like we have read in old times. I did church history and I've seen how God moved in, in, in various times in history. It's because we don't honor his presence. If you don't honor the presence of God, you won't see God manifest himself. Because we treat his presence anyway, anyhow. We have a time. God is here. My people said 9 o'clock. 9.30, no one is here. 10 o'clock, no one is You know the annoying thing, the funny thing, like at the headquarters, they have two services. And someone can actually come. The first service is starting at 7 o'clock. Someone can actually come at 8.30. 8.30. 30. The service will close before 9. And the person will come and sit in the service and then close with the service and go home. Like, I'm wondering, what did you come for? Like, is it a Wache joint that you came to join the queue to buy Wache for some 20 minutes so you can go? We've got to understand that God, what? Honors his time. And so we must also do what? Honor our time. You know what? When we are praying, we tell God that, God, please, I need you to move at this time. Because we believe God has to work on time. Why is it that when we are coming to his house and we are coming to meet him, we can't apply the same principle and say God is still on time. So I also have to be here on time. People, it's time to change something. The third thing that we see is that there was a set approach. There was a way in which they were supposed to come before God. And that is why God asked Adam, where are you? Because the set approach is to come into his presence with boldness, without dishonor. Now, the reason why Adam and Eve were hidden or had hidden themselves was because they had done something against God so they couldn't approach his throne boldly. They couldn't approach his presence, what? Boldly. God's desire is that you and I will come into his presence with what? All boldness. Boldness. And boldness means that when I come before God, I have high expectancy. I have high desires. And I know that God, I am coming before you and I'm not shy to declare all that I need to declare. I'm also coming boldly before you. I don't worry about who is sitting at my left or on my right. When it's time for us to sing, I will throw my hands in the air. I will sing to God. If it is time to kneel down, I will kneel to God. If it is time to roll on the floor, I will roll on the floor. If I have to shed tears, I will shed tears because I have come boldly into the presence of my God. It's not because of another person. Sometimes you come to church and you are wondering the person to your left or to your right. Charlie, forget about the person to your left or to your right. It's God, you and God. And you know what? Coming boldly before God means that when I come into his presence, I don't want to leave the presence of my father without anything. So many of us come into the presence of our father and we leave with, without anything. Every Sunday you come and go, come and go. And, and your father has something very important for you. You know what we used to do when we were kids? And, and I'm talking about boldness. And my father gave it to me once. No, whenever we wanted to get something, whenever I wanted to get something from my father, you know, we had Laureen. Laureen was daddy's egg before Deborah came. And, and lo, lo, because we, they had given birth to myself and Reynold, two boys. And I'm sure my father really wanted a girl to pamper. So when Laureen came, oh man, the egg. Like, Laureen is the jewel. Everything. So, as Laureen was going, whenever she goes before daddy, 
Because, because of the way daddy had handled her, Lori would go so boldly and ask for whatever she wanted to ask. I mean, up to now, Lorraine is like that. She can just walk into their room at any time. I mean, she's not staying with them. She's married, but she can just do that. No, she will walk boldly and then ask for whatever she wants, demand for whatever she wants. And so do you know what we'll do? When I want something, then I will send Lorraine. And, and Lorraine will be my Ochiami to go and ask for whatever it is. And when Deborah came to take over the scene, I started using Deborah. But, but, one day, my father got so angry and he called me to the room and said, why can't you come by yourself? Why are you sending your sister? Am I not your father? Can you not come before me boldly? And you know, that thing shook me. I was like, ah, why are you taking the World Cup like <laughs> No, but, but the thing is that every father has expectations that my children will be able to approach me boldly. So yesterday, like this, Aram, I was asking her a question, and she wasn't answering. And I was like, I, I, I got angry, and I took the cane. I said, you've got, I'm asking you a question. Why is it? Because I told her that, look, we're giving you access to, we can talk about anything you can. So why are you not talking boldly? Because the reason why she wasn't talking boldly was that she has done something naughty. And the reason why quite a number of times you are not able to come boldly before the father is because you have done something naughty. And so sometimes the reason why we don't come to church is we feel like we have done something and like, oh God, this one, when I come, I'll strike. If God wanted to strike you, he would have, have struck you where you are. Or you think God needs only the church to strike you? No, no, right where you were. He would have stricken you. No, no, God does not need the church building to strike you. So if you think that because you did something against God, you are not coming into the auditorium, then the next week when you think you are okay, you come in, please, I'm sorry. If God wants to do anything to you, you can do it to you right where you are. But you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to come as children and say, Father, I'm sorry. And that's all. And come boldly into his presence. And come boldly into his presence and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I, I need from you. And come what? Boldly into his presence. So that was the third thing. The fourth and final thing that we see in this passage is that there was supposed to be a set people. A set people at the set place at the right time. So Adam and Eve were supposed to be ready for God. God got there. And, and you read the passage, like, this meeting had been going on for a while. So God knew, I mean, when I come at the cool of the day, they should be ready for our discussion. Now, God gets there, and they are not ready for any discussion. So where are you? We're afraid, and we hid because we're naked. Like, God is like, ah, but you are not supposed to be naked. You are not supposed to even know that you are naked. You are supposed to be ready for another time of fellowship. And you know what God is telling you? Every time you come into his presence, you've got to lose consciousness of the things that you think are making you naked in life. The things, the problems and the challenges and the troubles in your mind and your struggles and your weaknesses. The things that you are so conscious. Some of us, when we come into the presence of God, we are so conscious about so many things. We forget that we are meeting with our Heavenly Father and we are supposed to be a ready people for him to meet with us. 
So we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives. So Adam and Eve said, Adam said to God that, that we're naked, that's why we hid. I don't know what you come into the presence of God with when you come to church. What is on your mind? Some of us, for the whole time that I'm preaching, your mind is somewhere. You are like the hat that Jesus Christ preached about, the wayside hat. Do you know what the wayside hat? The wayside hat is the one that when the word is coming, you see, the wayside is a place where people walk. It's a path. People walk and there are so many activities there. So whilst the word of God is coming, there are so many activities going on in your mind. And the Bible says that the devil comes to snatch away the seed of the word. So it doesn't even penetrate into the heart. So by the time you leave here and then you, we are asking, what did you hear from the word of God? Like you can't even remember a single thing because what? whilst the word was coming, you were not ready. Your mind was occupied with all your problems. But when you come into the house of God, you must be what a ready person, ready for something from God. And say, God, I am ready for an encounter with you. I want to experience something in your presence. I don't want to come and go back the same. Oh, no, no, no. Don't come and go back the same. Let the word of God, let the atmosphere, let the presence of God change something in your life. Please ask your neighbor, are you a ready person? Ask another neighbor, are you ready for what God wants to do in your life? And so there is something very interesting that is written in the verse 8. And I, I want us to look at it because it is the core of our meeting with our Heavenly Father. The same Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. The, the very final part, it says, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Wow. They hid themselves from where? The presence of the Lord God. So what Adam and Eve were meeting was what? The presence of God. Anytime we come to church, it is the presence of God we are coming to meet. Nothing else. You know what's happening in today's church? Because we want to make sure that we keep a lot of people in church and we, we make sure that the people stay. We have used other things as the focus rather than the presence of God. We have entertainment. We have all forms of things. When you come to my church, we'll have this and we'll have that and we'll have that. I mean, all those things are nice. They are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are auxiliary things. They are strategic. But if the people are not coming for the presence of God, we've missed it. Oh, yeah, we've missed it. If people are not coming because of God and they are coming because they will come and meet a, a dancing pastor. I watched, I watched something on Facebook. The pastor's clips. They put different, different clips. And all that the pastor is Every Sunday, what he's doing is jokes, like it's comedy. I mean, like they have, they have cut different clips from different services. And like someone wrote down there that, wow, when I go to this church, there is no way I will ever miss a service. What a laugh, uh, what a funny church. Like, I'll always laugh. Can you imagine? No, can you imagine? For someone, the reason why they want to go to church is they, they, they want to go and meet a pastor who will make them laugh. For another person, Charlie, when we go to church, the lighting and the, can, can you imagine our church, the lighting system, when the lights come on alone. These are auxiliaries. My church, we have AC. Auxiliary. I remember the, the time we used to do Connect uh, before COVID came. And then we used to have, every Tuesday, we have uh, Connect and then we have whatever, meals. Um, either biscuits or drinks or something. Anytime we used to have 
any of that. Then someone, we went out for outreach and then the person said that I had your church there. Every time you come, there's mulo, there's tea, there's biscuits. Can you imagine that? So the focus for a lot of people is not the presence of God. It is not, in, and the Hebrew word presence actually means face. It's literally face. So when I talk about the presence of the person, I'm talking about the face of the person. Can, can you imagine my face in a place and the rest of my body not being there? No. So when I show up my face in a place, it means what? All of myself is there. So anytime we meet with God, it means that all of ourselves is, all of, all of God is where? Is with us. And if all of God is with us and God is the healer and God is the miracle worker and God is our provider and God is our strength, then why should we come into the presence of God and go back not impacted? How and why? No, no, then there's a problem. It means that we are not focused on his presence. Because if all of God is here, then, then when you come to church and you are not well, you should receive what? Your healing. When you come to church and there's something, a burden, you should receive your deliverance. And the reason why I know that God is, is in our midst is that Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Or there I am in the midst of them. So anytime we gather together, God is here. But God is not going to manifest himself when we don't honor his presence. I've been in services where I've seen God move like, like in an amazing way. way. And I've, seen, I've been in other services where I've seen like we just, we just have the service and then we close and we go. And you know the difference? I, I used to ask myself the question, is the problem, like, was the problem my preparation? And I realized, no, I didn't diminish my preparation. I still spend time in the presence of God. I still spend time in the word. I still preach to myself. I still work my message. But the, the difference is that in that service where God moved, the people were ready for him. The focus was on God. The attention was set on God. Can we have a church that now resets our focus and set it on the presence of God? Nothing else but what? The presence of God. That when we are coming to church, like you and I, we have a corporate desire that we are coming to meet the presence of our Father. Nothing else. And so today, in, especially in the big churches, if the senior pastor does not come for if, if people get to know that the senior pastor will not be preaching the next Sunday, they will not come. If the prophet is not going to come to church, they will not come. Because we have made it all about men and all about other things. When God says, I am here, I am the reason. The reason why you are gathered. And that is why in the early church, they didn't need any prophetic service. They would just gather in people's homes and God was still moving. God was still doing amazing things because their focus was on God. So can we reset our focus to the presence of God? And I'm going to say this final thing. That in order to get our focus on the presence of God, there are five important things that you need to do. And I want you to note them quickly before we close. The first one is that you must have a desire. We must have a desire. You see, a desire means that you want something. 
Have you realized that the reason why you go and open the fridge is because you are hungry? Now, how many of you open your fridges and then you just open the fridge and you are looking at the fridge? Like, hey, I just wanted to look at the fridge, so I just opened. No, 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 no. You open the fridge and it's because you are either hungry or you are thirsty. There's something in it. You have a desire for something. Have you realized that when you wake up in the morning and you go to the cocoa cellar or you go to the watch cellar, it's not because the watch cellar is nice or because they are beautiful or because they have a nice, uh, what do you call it, uh, set up. Then you just go and then you stand there like, wow, beautiful. No, you go there because what? You have a desire. There's a desire for the food. And so you walk and you go there. If you don't have a desire for the presence of God, you can't go into the presence of God. There has to be a desire. The second thing you need to do is decision. There must be a decision. You see, when I wake up in the morning and I'm hungry and I desire for that watch, let me use a watch again as an example. For those of you who are getting hungry, don't worry, you can get hungry. Let me just use my watch as an example. But if I desire the watch and I want the watch and I lay in bed, will I get the watch? No, no, no. How many of you have longed for watching and desired for watching and you are lying in bed and the watching just appears? Oh, I know your desire. You have got the watching. Receive it. No, it doesn't happen. You make a decision and the decision is what? Get out, walk, take money and what? Purchase. It's what? Decision. Decision. So you have to make a decision. You have to decide in your heart that when you come into the house of the Lord or when you are coming to church, you are coming because of the presence of God. The third thing is what I call design. Design. Design means that you plan it out. You know, there's something about the presence of God that if you don't plan to be in the presence of God, you can't encounter the presence. You have to plan on a personal level and on a corporate level. You know, I plan that every dawn when I wake up, I will go into my small office at home and just be there praying. It is a plan. No, no, it is a plan. It is something that I've made up. So when I wake up and I'm so tired and I don't know what to do to myself, like I feel like not getting, I remember that, hey, Chale, I have an appointment with God. You might get yourself out of bed and get yourself out of bed. Get yourself out of bed. Today I woke up at four, like I was so tired. I was like, do I have to wake up? Like, Ima, there's a plan. Get up. If you don't design it, if you don't plan it, you can't achieve it. That's why a lot of a lot of people make resolutions at the beginning of the year, 31st December resolution for New Year. And the next 31st December, they look at the resolution they made and realize, hey, Charlie, nothing has happened. They make the resolution again the next year. Nothing has happened. Because you make a resolution and you don't plan it, you don't achieve anything. So you've got to plan to be in the presence of God. The fourth thing that you do is what I call departure. Now, if I am, if I need to get somewhere, I need to move from another place. How many of you have traveled before? Anywhere. Those of you who have not traveled before, at least you move from your house to this place, you've traveled. Congratulations, you have a traveling badge. Now, have you realized that if you want to get to where you are going, you've got to move from where you are. If you don't move from where you are, you can't get to where you want to go. Now, if you are going to be able to focus on the presence of God and, and, and experience the presence of God, you have to depart from certain things. One of the things that you have to depart from is your mindset. 
you have to depart from a mindset of like, you know, when I come to the house of the Lord, if pastor doesn't do this, I mean, I won't explain. You have to come with a mindset, depart from that mindset and say, without pastor or anything, I can experience the presence of God. One of these days, we'll come for service and I won't preach. We'll all come and we'll be worshiping and then you'll be expecting our get up. I'll also be sitting here and we'll just, we'll just be worshiping. It's like, God, God, we are here. Lord, God, take, take, take control. There have been services that, that no one stood on the pulpit and God was just moving and God was just doing his own thing. And that's because you have to depart from a mindset of if no one stands here, I can't. You have to depart from a mindset of if they don't play the instruments, I can't worship God. You don't need instruments to worship God. You know, my best times of worship is not when I'm together with the congregation. My best times of worship is when I'm alone with God. Come on. I can roll, I can cry. And when I cry, you are not there to see me. So I can, I can cry like a baby in the presence of God. And like, I'm cool. You don't need instruments. You don't need any of that to be in the presence of God. So you have to depart from certain, some of you have to depart from certain friends in order to engage with the presence of God. Some of you have to depart from certain television programs. Do you know what yesterday I did? I realized that, ah, you know, when you swipe, swipe your phone to that Google whatever, I don't even know what they call it. But when you swipe, there's that Google page that brings news items to you. You, you haven't asked for the news items. They, they come. But they come because there's a certain history of your browsing. And so they come. Ah, and I was like, I'm just looking at the trend. I, I don't need this news. Why is that they keep on coming? Do you know what yesterday I did? I tapped the button. Then I said, not interested, not interested, not interested. When all the not interested went, and I refreshed the page and I tapped. They had brought me new ones. Like they were telling me that you are not interested in this other news, but I will give you this other news. Then you know what I did? I tapped and I said, don't show me this site. Don't show me this site. Don't show me this site. Because the point is that sometimes just to get your focus right and to get your focus in the presence of God, you've got to have a departure from certain things. You have to move from certain things because they will engage your mind. Then the final thing is destination. You know, when I'm moving from here to Kumasi and I get to Insawom, do you know what I do? I don't stop there. I get to Lindador. Those of you who've been traveling to Kumasi or beyond, when you get to Lindador and you have a break there, you don't sit there and say like, Tale, we are done. You know there's what? A destination. There is so much in God and until you accomplish that, until you achieve the so much in God, don't settle for less. Because the destination is not something little that you experience this Sunday like, wow, God visited me and that's it. Then you go and sleep. Do you know what we do in church? One particular Sunday, we feel God so much in the service. Like, what an amazing service. And then we go on holiday for the next three months. But that's not the destination. There's so much to achieve in God. There's so much to see in God. It's not the destination. So don't settle for less. Please turn to your neighbor and tell the person, don't settle for less. Turn to another neighbor and tell the person, don't settle for less. So when we come into the presence of God, you have to tell God, God, is there more of you? Is there more of you that we can see? Is there more of you that we can have? Is there more of you? Let me end with this story. I was reading about something that happened in one of the churches in, in the U.S. They were praying for a revival. They were praying and trusting God that God will move in their, in their church. God will move. And then they had a visiting preacher. He came the first Sunday. He 
came the second Sunday and the third Sunday. He says, by the time the worship team were singing, all the worship team members were on the floor. They were worshiping. So no, I was leading worship. It was like only the keyboardist who was, uh, what do you call it, the worship pastor. He was also playing and also fell on the floor. So the visiting pastor was like, what is happening? And all of a sudden, he could just feel like God was like pushing into the room. And then he asked his wife, who also plays the keyboard, to go onto the keyboard, and she started playing. And then the, the, the host pastor went before the pulpit. He read a verse, and by the time he read the verse, all of a sudden, something threw him out. Like, he fell. They, they, they said, according to the account, he fell about nine feet away from the pulpit, and the pulpit split into two. And that was just the beginning of things to happen in that church. Then that morning, people started running to the front. And they were repenting. And they were crying. And they were like, God, we are sorry. And the service that was supposed to have ended, that, that's the first service was supposed to have ended, I think, 10 something. They started at 8. By the 10, 30, 11 o'clock, when the service was supposed to end, the people were not going home. They were all staying inside. So those who were coming for the second service started coming in to join those who were in the first service. And according to the accounts, when they get to the car park, just at the car park, people start weeping and crying, God, we want you. God, we want you. And they had the service from the morning, 8 a.m., all the way to the next night, 2 a.m. No, you know, we come for service and it's like two and a half hours and we are tired. But when I read the account, I was like, God, there is more in you. And the next evening, people came to church. No one, there wasn't a service. There wasn't a planned service. People came to church. The next evening, people came to church. The next, for three weeks, every evening, people were coming to church. And they were not rushing out. And I was like, God, there is so much more in you. If only we can set our focus on his presence. And I said, Lord, we want to see this in GTP Kabod Assembly. We want to see this in this community, Amahia Katamansu community. The Lord will break out in our midst. There is so much more in God. So what? Don't settle for less. This is not just another meeting. It is a meeting with God. And God wants to do so much. So from today, can we reset our focus and set our attention on the presence of God? And say, Lord, until you are done with us, we don't want to move. I want you to just close your eyes and begin to talk to the Lord and tell the Lord that, Lord, we want you. Father, oh God, we want to keep your presence as our focus. We realize that they had the meeting where there was a set time. There was a set place. There was a set time. There was a set approach. There was supposed to be a set people. But then again, we realize that the key thing that will make all of these things work is, is when the focus is on the presence of God. So I want you to tell the Lord that, Father, please help us from today. First of all, help us, God, to always find ourselves in this set place. Help us to find ourselves in this set place at the set time. Help us to approach your presence the way you want. Help us to be a ready people for what you want to do, what you want to accomplish in our lives, in our midst. And you want to pray and tell the Lord that, Father, oh God, help us that we'll set our attention and our focus on your presence. Nothing but your presence, oh God. 